Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Going back to the land that we all work on, what does land care mean for you? I think I'd like land, land care for me means a lot and it means caring for that resource so it's um, productive going forward. G'day and welcome to this week's segment of Farm Yarns where we dive behind the audio to find out who inspires our guests, what motivates them, what they would like to debunk, and also what resources they lean on to get the most out of their agri-business. So let's get down to it, Farm Yarns. Well, Kate, we had you earlier on in the week, and we've got a very exciting sort of segment going into it, Farm Yarns, getting to know the person a little bit behind the audio. Who is Dr. Kate Burke? Maybe who inspired her to write a book and what's going on in your life and how you sort of prepare with your resources there and everything. So welcome to Farm Yarns. Thank you. Thanks heaps, Jack. Great to be back again. 100%. And let's get into it and see what's your morning routine. We probably caught you off guard a little bit um, with this one. How do you prepare yourself for the day? Uh, my morning routine's pretty relaxed, actually. I usually wake up and um, one of these naughty people that has the phone beside my bed and I use the first hour or half hour to do a bit of research usually. Yep. So I'll sort of check Twitter, check LinkedIn, and, and quite often I, I'll come across an interesting article that I'll either store for, for another time or or read quickly and get some, some inspiration out of that that could end up in an article or um, or inform some of the work I do. So I usually start off with that, then, then I'll get up, um, do all the usual morning routine, and um, yeah, and then then hit the desk, all the Be- road. Beauty, win the morning, win the day. So in sixty seconds, tell me your first memory on a farm. Was it your own farm or a family farm? How did it work out for you, and what was it? Yeah, it was a it was the farm I grew up on, and one of my earliest memories is sitting in the ute with mum and dad, an XP Falcon, yep. and we used to go and feed the sheep. And um, 
mum used to bring this old, uh, I think it was an old sort of wine jar from, you know, it was a bit of an antique thing and and it was sort of a cane thing and she'd turn it upside down and use it as a bongo drum and we <laughs> and we'd sing knick-knack paddywhack. Give uh, a dog a bone. Yeah, or you know, or ten green bottles or something as we were driving around feeding the sheep. So that's my first memory. Yeah, I think those those first memories on farm for anyone, you're coming from the city or you grew up on the farm, are pretty special ones as well. Yeah, yeah. And and that song, Nick Knack Paddywhack, a family friend taught that to mum and and then that family friend's daughter sort of taught it to all of us. So it's sort of been one of those generational songs that, that means a lot more than, I guess, just being a nursery rhyme. Yeah, absolutely. And before we get into it, this will actually be played after, but who are you tipping in the grand final for AFL? Um, my heart says the Swans because yep. I'm married to a Sydney Swan supporter who grew up barracking for South Melbourne, but my head says Geelong. Geelong's the favourites, wouldn't they be? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not much an AFL fan, but come finals time for AFL, it's pretty amazing just to see the crowds there and even the crowds mid-year. It's great to see how many can get to them rather than NRL union as well. Yeah. And and so in NRL, who's um what's gonna happen there, Jack? It'll be Parramatta, Penrith with Penrith winning in the end. Wee, wee. So uh my poor old Canterbury Bulldogs uh have another year of uh stress and pain. Yeah, I think next year will be lining up well though with the new coach but and everything. I am a Chooks man. We got knocked out by the rabbits, annoyingly. Yeah, yeah, and I've sort of half followed the storm since they've been around. Um, but my rugby league credentials go back <laughs> to having Andrew Farrer as a second cousin, so I've been following the Bulldogs for a long time since his yeah. playing days. Yeah, beauty. Yeah, back in the heyday of the Bulldogs proper era. Um, yeah, exactly. For yourself, within professionally or personally, who inspires you? Oh wow, um, lots of people, I guess. Some of the people that inspire me are our elders. Um, yep. I played golf two weeks ago and Jack on, on our longer episode, we were talking about getting the balance right. And one of the things I need to force myself to do sometimes is to go off and knock off and go and play golf. I yep. have half a day off. Sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's hard when you're sort of brought up as a bit of a workaholic, it's actually yep. hard to make yourself do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I played golf with three ladies that were all over 80 and each of them was, and two of them were over 85 and, um, you know, they play golf two or three times a week still. Um, they've just got such a wealth of experience and, and I'm just inspired by older people and think, you know, I'm going to, I've got another 30 years of really active, meaningful at least 30 years of really full, meaningful um, life to live. And that that's what inspires me at the moment. And I'm also inspired by youngsters too and, and your generation that are coming back to the farm with such a more holistic yep. view of the world and you know, very compassionate and mindful of other people and mindful of the environment. And um, I think you've got better, as a generation, you've probably got, I think you you guys are going to be one of the most impactful generations ever. Well, we've seen some huge change 
Um, I think learning from the elders as well and even learning from what they don't do like after work, going to go play golf just to keep their shoulders warm. Playing golf at 85 is pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. Two of the, one was um, turning 85 two days after we played. The other one turns 87 in um, in October. And she was a real trailblazer. She ran one of the um, special schools. Um, you know, she was the principal of the of the school for people with special needs back in the in the seventies and eighties, so yep. she was you know a, a professional woman back then, um, dealing with government, getting funding, looking after the families in that school, like just totally inspirational, and still still has plenty of views on how the world should be run, and I of just course. love hanging around with them and learning from them. Absolutely, great stuff. And for yourself, what's a myth you'd like to debunk, maybe around your area of farming? Um, yeah, well, I think one of the, there's two myths that I'm passionate about debunking and, and one is that, um, scale is everything Yeah, because you can have a really poorly run large farm that is just a loss making machine and you can have really, really well run and highly profitable small farms. Yeah. So that that's one myth that gets perpetuated a bit, and the the other myth is that um, the in particularly in in broadacre industries, um, you know, mixed farming and and in cropping, that um, the the price matters as much as as production because it's actually not true. Yeah. It, it's the productivity you get is what drives your profitability because we've got a broad range of crops. So it dilutes out the individual price impact of yep. um, each commodity. Well put. And off the back of that, what's one thing you'd like to change about Australian agriculture? What would that be? Um, yeah, it's a good one. I would like people within businesses and those that influence them to recognise the importance of individual business decision-making. Yeah. And and to recognise that every business is individually significantly different to the next one. Yeah. So yeah. That, well put, I think. Yeah. Take, take more... Um, autonomy i guess and 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 um really really embrace your own business and and take responsibility for it beautiful and going back to the land that we all work on what does land care mean for you i think i'd like land land care for me means a lot and it means caring for that resource so it's um productive going forward and it also means caring for our whole of landscape because, and for everything that lives in that landscape. So I think I feel like we've dropped the ball a bit with land care and it's become, you know, a special interest group. Whereas when land care started in the 90s, it was the production orientated farmers that were highly involved in land care. Yep. And I'd love that land care movement to get back to that point where it's engaging with the majority production-orientated farmers. Yeah, beautiful. And 
for yourself, what's your experience with risk and farming and how have you turned that risk into opportunity? Yeah, that's a good one. I suppose on, on our own farm, um, it, we're in a really highly variable climate, so our yield can be zero or it can be five tonne of the hectare. Yeah. Um, we don't own any gear. So, so one of my risk management decisions was to engage with a young um, a young family that were trying to establish their farming business. Three three brothers who um, came off a, a very small land base. So yeah. I've partnered with them in a share farming arrangement, yeah. and um, so we share the risk, um, and and that. They get access to more land. Um, I get access to someone to grow my crop. So that that's been really good for us. And in terms of my consulting business, Think Agri, I've managed risk by treating it like a, a farm and having a portfolio of income streams. Yeah. Because um, I've seen sort of the consultant model of, you know, you might have 50 clients and then you get to a tough year and all of a sudden your income dries up. Yeah, absolutely. One thing to be looking at um, as well, and always as farmers, we're dealing with risk, whether that be financially, environmental, um, or coming left, right, and centre. Um, but for yourself, how do farm operators, farm owners, become a top-tier farmer? What would that be in a sentence? In a sentence, it's placing equal emphasis on production, profit, and people. Beautiful. And for yourself, a bit of a tongue twister. If you weren't doing what you're doing, what would you be doing? Yeah, I saw this question on the brief and I've been thinking about it. If I weren't doing what I was doing, what would I be doing? Playing golf? Because I'm assuming I've got a limited, an unlimited source of capital yep. here. Yep. So I'd be playing golf, owning racehorses, um assuming farming's out of the them already doing that um and writing writing fiction beautiful maybe, maybe you might play that what's that golf course that goes right across australia it's the longest one in the oh, world we've talked about that actually yeah on the nullar ball yeah um yeah we my husband and i were just discussing that the other day that we'll have to give that a crack that didn't yeah. look that inviting <laughs> Now you might need a bit more than just a golf buggy itself, just a car, do the trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll um, we'll have to pack up the car and put a couple of old rusty clubs in, I think, for that course. 100%. And for yourself, where are you lean to for your favourite resource to learn from? What is that? Oh, look, I, um, I'm a bit of a podcast listener yeah. and one of my favourite things to do is to just get into like the, the Apple podcast app and type a topic in the search engine and and see what different podcasts come up that I haven't listened to before. Yeah, that's um, a good way to do it, get some different aspects and everything. Yeah, one of my favourite podcasts is one called Lead from the Heart Yeah, um, by Mark C. Crowley and he's been a, a people first business management advocate for a really long time. He's probably ahead of his time on that. And he interviews a lot of people that have written books. So it's a cheat's way to read books is to listen to the author doing a podcast, I reckon. 
Yeah, 100%. The only shortcut you can make in farming is listen to podcasts, I think, and anything on the go is the best. Yeah, yeah. So I love love that one. I love Adam Grant's work. Um, uh, he's an organisational psychologist and author from the US. Yes. Yeah. I really enjoy listening to him. Obviously, all the usual ag podcasts that are getting around, including yours. Um, Beauty. And, and just... Slightly off the topic, there's a podcast called The Outer Sanctum, which is a Melbourne-based podcast where they talk about AFL football from the voice of the outer, and they particularly focus on on women's football and, and women's issues as well as general topical issues. Yeah. Um, and there's a there's nine there's nine women who or ten women who take in turns in in hosting this as groups and they've got indigenous representation um on there uh, they've got same-sex representation and an academic and just various various individual and aspects uh, a um a lady whose family practice um in the tradition of islam and she's worked a lot in diversity and she used to work for richmond footy club she's worked for cricket australia and I just love um, just love hearing the insights of different perspectives, and yep. um, and they're also very funny women, so that helps. Sounds great. It wouldn't be bad to have ten hosts on the go. Might yeah. have to look into it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, hit me up. Uh, but Kate, for yourself, how do you describe a successful farm enterprise? Um, I think. There's that saying, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. Success comes down to satisfaction of those who are taking the risk. Yeah. So they need to be happy. So so my version of a successful farm enterprise is one that fulfills the needs of those who own it. Yeah. Beautiful. And I think coming on here and being so transparent, both in this episode and also the episode before, the full episode. It's great to be able to be transparent in agriculture and see how it all works out. Um, and I think the listeners love hearing through that transparency as well how you've shown today. So thanks for coming on to Farms Advice, Farm Yarns for today. Thanks, Jack. And uh, again, really appreciate your support and what you're doing for the industry. Thank you for tuning in to the Farms Advice podcast. It is produced by Advertise Digital, the agribusiness marketing specialist. Go to farmsadvice.com.au for more information on this episode and the others before and spread the Farms Advice. If you love this episode, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe as it helps other farmers find us too. But until then, next Tuesday, keep on farming. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Farms of Ice podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country for Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.